Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Stoke the Wild. We are back again as we continue to talk about all things creative. I'm Nick. I'm Joy. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, so it's been an interesting week this week, Joy. Yeah. Yeah, it's been an interesting week because um, one of our favorite bands mm-hmm. has announced that they are, um, well, they've announced a couple of things that they're going back on tour. Um, in the spring, starting next year, mm-hmm. and uh, over the summer, yep. and uh, as well as dropping a new album. Yeah, and which they, is, I, th- I thought was surprising. And they're dropping a, they dropped a new single. Yeah, with no notice. With no notice, but they also are teaming up with two other bands that we enjoy. Yeah. Who also dropped new songs, new singles, and are going, going to be releasing new albums before the tour as well. Yes. So this tour is the Hella Mega Tour, and it so is excited. featuring Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. Weezer being our favorite band of all time. Yes. And um, this week, as they made that announcement with pre-sale tickets coming up next week and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff, it's it's pretty awesome. Not only that, in our area, as we live in the Chicagoland area. Uh, they are playing at Wrigley Field in August of 2020. I've never been to Wrigley Field. And it is going to be so great. I am hoping to get tickets this week with the mm-hmm. pre-sale as a Weezer fan club member. It feels wrong for me as someone who has grown up in the Chicago area, has lived in Chicago for a number of years, to say that I've never been to Wrigley Field. You've never been to a Cubs game? I have never been to a Cubs game. Well, that could change. It, it could. <laughs> I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it could. <laughs> uh, but I've always wanted to go to Wrigley Field because it's a part of Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I love the Cubs because it's a part of Chicago. Well. Not because I love baseball that much. Yeah. The, uh, if never for a Cubs game, hopefully for this concert. For the Hello Mega Tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Weezer's new song is called "The End of the Game," and it is so good, fantastic. Oh man! It's kind of got. Um, well, first of all, I guess I should say that the title of the album is called "Van Weezer." Yes. Uh, <laughs> a play on like Van Halen, or yeah. um, the colloquial term for when Sammy Hagar took over Van Halen, Van Hagar. Mm-hmm. Um, but Van Weezer kind of being a return mm-hmm. to uh, the '90s grunge and. Um, kind of kind of um uh, rock, rock anthems and things like that uh, and so like the yep. whole the yep. whole song for the end of the game this new single starts with a very similar intro to um to the song much like Eddie Van Halen would have done with mm-hmm. some of his music in mm-hmm. the uh you know 70s 80s and even 90s as Van Halen was most popular and so it kind of has some callbacks to that, but then the song itself is just really, really good. It is, and yeah. It kind of feels like classic, classic Weezer. It does, and I think that that was the thing for me that made me love it so much because more recently, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed their more recent albums, but um, there is something about classic Weezer. Yeah. Like, I go back and I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's right. so great. The new stuff is um, good, and it and I like it. But um, when I think, oh, I want to listen to Weezer, I don't think, oh, I want to listen to the Black Album. Yeah, which is their newest one up to this point. Yeah. And 
What I love, okay, so like if I were to catalog all their albums, yeah, very similarly, I enjoy them all. Uh, but there are some that are more favorite than others. Like they're they're all they're all favorite. They're all favorite. But but this one's more favorite. Yeah, that one's more favorite. And but they're both good. They're yeah. both good. Yeah. So, uh, but Van Weezer is going to be the fourteenth studio album, and so there's a there's a lot of records. There's a lot of songs. There's a huge catalog that they have. Yeah. And yeah, you'll have hits or misses here and there, but for the most part, like you know, the majority of their music I absolutely love. And there are some songs where I'm like, yeah, I enjoy it, but it's not my favorite. Like Spider. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, regardless of that, though, what they have captured, even through the span of 13 albums, and now 14 as Van Weezer comes out That's in May, crazy. is ultimately a um, aesthetic over each album that, for me at least, I can go, yeah, like, I enjoy this. Yes, you know, even if I don't, exactly. Even if I'm not cranking every song to 11, like... You know the most part of of the record I can enjoy, which is why for me they've always been a favorite band. Yeah. From the time when I was seven or eight years old, and I had this little radio in my room, and I heard My Name Is Jonas on the radio, and I like hit record on the little tape deck and recorded yeah. the song off the yeah. radio. Like ever since then to now, I've you know really really enjoyed their music, and uh, we've seen them. Uh, we've seen them twice. Yeah. Uh, in uh, the Tinley Park area at the Amphitheater over it was, there. Yeah, it was at the same uh, location, right? Yep. Um, in 2000, man, what was that? 2016, 2018? I was pregnant one the first time. Yeah, so 2016 mm -hmm. and then 2018 we saw mm -hmm. them uh, for the White Album and then for the yeah. Pacific Daydream Tour. Yeah, both of which were awesome. Great, great Phenomenal. shows. Great yeah. shows. And then I saw them also, uh, tw I saw them twice in 2018 because I saw them with my friend Dan. That's uh, right. Up in Milwaukee as well. It was a smaller show, wasn't it? Smaller show. It was at the Eagles Rave Club Ballroom, and which can hold quite a few people, but it's just like standing room. So we were there early, oh, wow. and we were able to get up front, and everything was super yeah. close. It was cool. Yeah. It was a great show. Actually, we've technically, I've technically seen them three times. You've technically oh, seen them right. four times. That's right. Because. We also, we also went to <laughs> because the. Because hockey. Uh, because of hockey. We also went to the um, NHL Winter Classic at the beginning of 2019. We did. And froze our butts off. Yeah, it was cold. We went and saw the um, Boston Bruins take on the Chicago Blackhawks, mm -hmm. and um, the Blackhawks lost. And uh, it was a sad day. Um, and as much as we're not sports people, it was fun to to like do something like that that we would never really do. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason why we did it is because we got VIP uh, passes for Weezer, who played the first um, the first intermission. This is how much I know about sports. Yeah, like the first hockey. quarter break. Right, because they have two break periods between the three periods of the game, and so. Oh, then it's not even a quarter, is right. it? Right. No, it's not. Period. Yeah. So first they have, period. They have three break. periods. So right after the first period, Weezer played. Mm -hmm. And it was great, and we got to be right up front on the, like yeah, down, we were super close down on the not on the ice because they played right mm -hmm. outside the rink, but like down on the field where the rink was since yeah. it was outdoors at Notre Dame Stadium, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. And Which, they yeah. played like three so, three or four songs, I think, and then yeah. you know for that short period of time, but it was outdoors and it was cool, and we got to 
like be right up next to the stage and stuff. And yeah. It was cool. The only two things, no, three things about that experience that were not fun. The frigid, frigid cold for me. Like I had on. It was New Year's Day. So it was, yeah, it was cold. So cold. I had on literally the world's warmest winter coat. I don't know how to explain it. It is literally, it's rated as like the warmest winter coat in existence. I had that on and like hats and scarves and gloves and I had those hand warmers and foot warmers and all of the things and it was like my body still hurt from the cold. Yeah. So it was, it was extremely it was cool. cold. That, number two, was um, all of like... I understand that it was televised and they were trying to like make it look exciting and like, yeah, be really excited and everything. But all of the coaching from the, um, from the Notre Dame staff to like get us out there. Yeah. And like, and the coaching, once we were out there while they were playing, they were like, get excited, do this, do that. I was like, don't you tell me how to listen to my favorite band right here in person. Like they're right here. Don't tell me how to enjoy this. So I was upset about that. You know, if I'm honest, I like, and this is obviously Wait. not Weezer's fault. Hold on. Uh, it's okay. obviously not it's Weezer's fault. But, like, we've been to concerts, and there are plenty of people, like, at those concerts who are excited and pumped. Yeah. I'm not sure every Weezer fan, though, is a hockey fan. And so right. to, I think they let other people in to fill up the space. Oh, yeah. And so you had, like, a smaller number of actual Weezer fans. That and was my number who three. Are, who were just... That was there. my number three. Just people to make who, look who like they filled, filled in up. the gaps to make it look more like, whoa, pumped up, exciting. And these people didn't know Weezer songs. They didn't know anything. And they're right there in front. And they're just being idiots yeah. and jerks. And uh, that was my number three. Okay. Was all the people who were not actually Weezer fans who were up there. Being jerks. <laughs> what was number four? I only had three. I thought you said three, no four. No, I said two, no three. Oh. Those were my three. That <clears throat> yeah. was it. It was. I uh, didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about so you've the seen battery three times. acid coffee. I didn't care. No. <laughs> or the, uh, the, we we wanted to buy hot food. Yeah. So we bought like these giant like pretzels. I was so cold. And they were like hot. They were hot the, when you bought them. And then by the time you get to your seat outdoors <laughs> in the stadium, it was like cold. frozen. Yeah. It was insane. But the we still we- ate them. Yeah, Weezer show, three times for you, four for me. Yeah. If we can get to this one, oh man, it would be fantastic. Can you imagine? I know so many people who, who want to go. go yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, well, Green Day. Green Day's been around since like the late eighties. Yeah. And they're took, gonna took draw off in the early nineties as well. One of different people. That should like just for Green Day to be at Wrigley Field would be fantastic. But then you have uh the hometown band of Fallout Boy who's from Chicago. Right. And who like just are fantastic anyway. I don't care if you like them or not. Like I remember listening to Fall Out Boy in like high school or junior yeah. high or something and yeah. being made fun of for yeah. it and everyone was like You like Fall Out Boy? I'm like, like Fall Out Boy, you like me, me. Yeah. I, I, I admit that I would hide my like like for oh, Fall Out yeah. Boy when I, I was in like, high school oh, because people would make fun uh, of me too. So it was the secret listen, secret yeah. obsession. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like, but they're talented. They're good. Yeah. And fun. Yeah. And yeah, it's gonna be great. And the fact that Specifically, um, Pete Wentz, the one of the lead songwriters and then the bass player for 
uh, uh, Fallout Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have that backwards. Now I can't remember if he plays guitar or bass. But he is one of the lead songwriters, even though Patrick Stump does the singing. Does yeah. most of the singing. Yeah. Uh, Pete has been in, was in uh, the the music video mm-hmm. for Weezer's um, Can't Knock the Hustle. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and his name was... Uh, I don't remember his name. Rivers Wentz, I believe. I that, like gave so. him like he he had Rivers' first <laughs> yeah. name. Like his character was Rivers Wentz or I something think so. like that, or, or something. Pete Cuomo, like he had yeah, they, like, something split weird his, like that. Split their names, yeah. And he yeah. was the uh, the Uber driver or whatever oh, in man. the Can't Knock the Hustle music video. That music video was super uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, it was funny though. It was funny. So it, it'd be interesting to see them play like Can't Knock the Hustle and have like Pete jump out on stage and. Like maybe that be would be a part funny. of the song and mm-hmm. stuff, which would be cool. So. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, I found out that my coworker, Alyssa, is uh, super excited to go. She's like a massive fan of all three bands, so that's cool. And yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get tickets to the show because Fallout Boy, Green Day, Weezer. I know. Fantastic. I wonder who like the opening act is going to be though. Well, they've announced that it's on the poster. They have? Yeah, um, the Interrupters. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I guess I didn't mean like in that sense. I meant like which one of them will play first of the three of them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So they should all play at the same time. That would be fantastic. And you have to use your ears to fight to listen to what you want. Well, I was thinking they would like create a medley of one of of each of their like smash which, three of their songs together into a medley for like an hour. It's one long, no, long just medley. For, <laughs> no, just for like the first song. They could just like <laughs> each pick they like, might. oh, this is my favorite song. That's your favorite song. That's my favorite song. It'd be song. really cool. It'd be cool if they each covered another. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Like a, another band song. Like, uh, you know, if Green Day covered Fall Out Boy and then Fall Out Boy covered Weezer and then Weezer covered Green Day mm-hmm. or whatever. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. That would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, hopefully we'll be able to go to that. Yeah. And you can bet that when we do, we'll be talking about it on the episode after that next year. Yeah, we probably <laughs> won't stop talking about no. it for quite a while. So, <clears throat> I'm excited. Yeah, it should be good. So, for the overall topic of the episode, though, we're kind of jumping into something a little, a little different, more of Joy's. Uh, specific alleyway um, when it comes to <laughs> creativity. <laughs> what? Alleyway. Alleyway. Uh, and then diagonally. Di- yeah. <laughs> di- did he say diagonally? Um, oh. Harry Potter reference. So we're going to be talking about uh, language acquisition and and how how it is impressed upon us both as children. Right. We'll kind of yeah. start there a little bit. Um, and Joy knows way more about this than I do, and I am trying to learn and listen and and learn <laughs> by listening. So we'll, we'll kind of start with, though, with this idea of, of language acquisition as children, right? Because as creatives, we, we learn things the same way we would as if we were children. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as children, we pick up creativity up the same way we pick up language. It's all part of the same, like, molding of the mind. 
Um, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. So from language acquisition to research and study, talking about creativity through language and how that impacts individual people, uh, specifically with Joy and the case studies and clientele that she works with, uh, but also in how it should impact us as creatives. Yeah. Um, well, for a little bit of background, I guess, um, I studied applied linguistics and biblical languages in college. Um, and I, I loved it then and I love it now. Um, if I could, I would spend all of my time studying linguistics, practicing linguistics, uh, and just kind of living in that as much as possible. Um, and, but part of, part of my study was learning about language acquisition and how that works. Um, and there are actually a number of different theories out there. Um, but I prefer Noam Chomsky's theory. Um, and some of our listeners might know of Noam Chomsky for reasons other than linguistics. He's a philosopher. He's an activist. He, um, is this incredible intelligent human being who um, came up with uh, so many different theories when it comes to linguistics. He's 90 now, um, but he um, he came up with, well, I shouldn't say he came up with, but based on his study and based on his research and the work that he did in linguistics and um, studying people and learning about language acquisition and things like that, he came to the conclusion that um, there is something unique and inherent about humans and we essentially have sort of this, uh, what, what could be considered a, like an empty slot where language belongs. And his argument was uh, sort of like, well, let's take you know, a baby, a human baby, and a cat. And you put them in the same room uh, with the same stimulus, linguistically speaking, socially speaking, culturally speaking, and only one of them is going to learn the language. And it's because there is something inherent about human beings where we want to communicate, we want to use language, and it is, it is built into us, it is inherently a part of us. And so given the opportunity, given the right circumstances, every one of us will acquire language in some form or another. And we know that um, if we can't, if we cannot verbalize language, then um, in the in the typical mainstream way, I guess you could call it like where we are speaking and using our voices uh, and our vocal folds then we use language in other ways, like written language. We use language um, through through signing. Um, and there's Braille. And so language isn't just limited to this, I'm speaking out of my mouth and you're hearing me with your ears. There's so much more to it. And language is a much broader term than sometimes we readily recognize. And... So when Noam Chomsky talks about linguistics, he talks about um, something called generative grammar. And it's this notion that um, 
there that within every human's language center is the ability and sort of the the built-in rules that some words function differently than others what do you mean so like we know that there are verbs nouns adjectives things like that we also know that there are content words and there are um oh shoot i forgot what he calls them um but there are words that are um that are meaningful in terms of content and then there are words that are um not they're not filler words but they're sort of more axillary what does that mean so axillary or some words serve the purpose of assisting us in understanding what is being said like prepositions or articles like of you know before by they give context to what we're hearing yeah but then there are you know your content words like like love like lamp like chair those words have actual meaning behind them right do you think about the word of it doesn't necessarily conjure up oh i know what that is it's just that's helping me to know a little bit more about what we're talking about so okay so like um uh, for example the the words of content are actual like there is there is something finite behind them yeah where with these inactual words you're of the mm-hmm. etc those kind of have a ethereal displacement in terms of there is no physical defining representation of what that is yeah basically um and and like those meaningful words don't necessarily have to have something uh physical that they're representing you know like we talk about love and that's not inherently or restricted to a physical thing. No, but there is a clear, defined element to it. Um, yeah. And clear is a broad, broad word for for the love. But like the yeah, the idea that there is a defined concept behind it. That that, and I think maybe that might be a better word that I was thinking of before. But there's something that is conceptualized, and there's something that is unconceptualized. You know, between the two ideas. Yes. Absolutely. So, oh, here's what it is. I'm sorry. Function words from content words. So function words are words with that have little lexical meaning. Um, or they lexical? have... And lexical is like sort of the catalog of words that we know. Like um, if you're study, studying a, a dead language, for example, like let's say you're studying Latin or ancient Greek or something like that. There's a lexicon, Right. You get your okay. lexicon, and it is the definition of every word that you're going to be okay. exposed to while you're studying okay. it. We all have a lexicon in our brains. Okay. And that's something that we acquire as infants. As we take on the language. Yeah. 
So, and that's that receptive language. So when we are, before we're even born, actually, we're able to hear, we're able to hear voices and words from inside the womb. It's a little bit muffled, but um, it's similar to hearing underwater, which makes sense because infants are, you know, inside fluid. They're surrounded by fluid. Right. And... You know, there's layers of fat and tissue and skin separating them from the voice that they're hearing, except for the mother's voice. And babies can hear their mother's voice a lot more clearly because of the way that the sound waves travel through the mother's body. Because of the internal. Yeah. Like volume. Yeah. It's interesting. So like you think about the way that you sound to yourself, Mm. if you hear a recording of yourself or sorry, not a recording of yourself, but like when you talk. The way yes. that you sound to yourself, yeah, that's the way that um, mothers sound to their babies. Mm. But if you hear a recording of yourself, it sounds different. Yeah. So the way that we hear ourselves as we're speaking is the way that our infants hear us. And so those words are a little bit more clearer, a little bit clearer, not more clearer, if the mother is speaking them, which is part of why it's so important for mothers to speak to their unborn babies, which I will admit in the beginning, I thought was kind of uh, a little weird. It felt a little weird. The first time I had a baby, I was like, I'm talking to my belly. But research is showing more and more that moms who do that, who speak to their children prenatally um, are impacting their child's language acquisition and language development as they get older. Those children are a lot more likely to develop language at a more rapid at a more rapid rate than other children. So then when we think about language from the creative side of things, like how how does the language acquisition and language development how does that how does that kick off the idea of creativity through language like where's the connection between you know not just growing up and learning the language you hear in the home or you know in the geographical area that you're in Mm -hmm. but the actual connection between I have a voice Mm -hmm. and my voice needs to be heard Mm. you know obviously there's the infant cry you know from day one for 90% of you know babies um, but then like the, that idea of like, we all have that, like that desire within us, mm-hmm. I believe to mm-hmm. express ourselves and language being a part of that. When does that connection usually begin? Um, immediately at okay. birth. Okay. Explain. Well, like you said, when a baby is born, they cry. That's the first thing that a baby does. Um, And a lot of people could say that that's just for the clearing of their lungs, getting any kind of fluid out, exercising them, getting them used to, you know, taking in air instead of practicing with amniotic fluid. Um, But it's more than that. Um, You know, babies know to cry immediately when they are cold or hungry or uncomfortable nobody teaches them that 
Um, and it's not even like the Pavlov's dog situation. Um, not really, because there's no first instant of it, really, right? The baby comes out crying. Okay. And so then when you consider that, when you consider that from the very moment that we're born, we are making sound and we are longing to be heard. And then I consider children, especially working with more and more children now, um, if they have autism spectrum disorder or something like that, where it inhibits their capacity to produce language, but they can understand it perfectly and they know exactly what's going on around them. They long to communicate. They have a deep desire to be understood. And so we develop different systems, right? Um, some things that we develop are, there are some special cards that a lot of families and school systems will use um, where children can communicate more clearly what they're looking for through this set of cards. Um, but they can understand us and they know what's going on around them. And a lot of times they're far more observant and far more detail-oriented. And when I think about music and language acquisition and language development, which is a little bit more than acquisition or a little bit different than acquisition. Acquisition just refers to the process of um, taking in or receiving language and then developing it, you know, sort of in your brain and understanding it and being able to produce it in some way. Language development is more of the terms of you know the meaning of the number two um, and you are starting to make sounds and make words and, and the older you get, the more that develops. But when I think about music and kids and language development, and we talked about this in one of our other episodes, that the brain processes music the same way that it processes language. And then I look at children who have autism spectrum disorder and music is like this key that unlocks their brains and they're able to connect with the people around them. Children who can't speak can sing. And I think that that is something within all of us. Like you said, it's inherent, it's innate in, in each and every one of us, in our souls. We want to be heard. We want to connect with other people. And if we can't do it in a traditional sense, maybe maybe language isn't your thing. Maybe your language development was fine, but communicating through speaking or writing is not your thing. You choose creativity in another way to communicate, to connect with other people. So like the creative voice being beyond just vocally. Yeah. 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 How have you seen in, you know, the last couple of years as you've been doing research and working with families and, and clients and stuff like that, um, 
as you've seen kids at different ends of the spectrum when it comes to their ability to acquire language and develop it. Mm-hmm. Both what we consider, you know, at a standard level and then those who need aids and um, other things to help them along the way. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is what have you seen has been like... Uh, uh, what what direction is it heading? Like, do you feel like there is a clear, like, path for to help people who are in need when it comes to that, or are, do you think things are still being developed? Um, and I know things constantly evolve and change, but like, right? Do you feel like we're at a place in in society and for for families and for kids who are growing up that way that need help? They're getting that, and there are things available to them like easily, regularly, or is there more that needs to be done? Mm. Um. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yes. <laughs> yes, yes to both. Yes to both. Okay. Explain. We we know so much more now than we did ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty, thirty years ago. Um, about children with language delays, about children who need assistance with their language development about children who have autism spectrum disorder wherever they land on the spectrum we know so much more now about how to communicate with children about how to interpret what they're doing better and that's through observation that's through research that's through people participating in studies right um And so there's so much more in terms of help and in terms of um, meeting needs in a way that actually meets a need um, than there ever used to be. Yeah. And at the same time, there's so much we still don't know. There's really no clear rhyme or reason that anyone that we are aware of that explains why children on the autism spectrum disorder cannot speak. There's just none. Nobody can find it. Well, and there's obviously some on that spectrum who can. Yes. And then there are some who cannot. Yeah, there are um, high-functioning or more lower-functioning. And in high-functioning children, you still have, you know, sensory processing disorder where certain things can just it's like their nerves and everything all of their sentence all of their senses are like heightened so some kids crave pressure um because it helps to calm those nerves so they crave like big tight hugs um they crave being held some kids can't handle that it's too much input for them and they need to not be touched Mm-hmm. as much or right. as strongly right so but um within that there are some children who are fu- high functioning and those sensory processing issues you know you can sort them out and um they're a lot they have a lot more verbal skills most kids on the spectrum will still need uh speech therapy of some kind but there are a lot of children who can pick up language especially with the proper therapy and who can really develop that piece and go on to 
communicate um, in a way that, for all intents and purposes, is very similar and and almost indistinguishable. And sometimes it is completely indistinguishable um, than from another person who does not have autism spectrum disorder. Um, but then there are some kids who do what is called scripting. They hear a phrase or a word or a song and they repeat it. But they have no understanding or purpose in what they're saying. So they're not saying it in a purposeful way. They're just chattering what they have heard. They're repeating it. Like parroting. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be really difficult to make that breakthrough when a child is scripting and you're trying to get them to say something meaningful. Because the way that we learn language is like we talked about through hearing it, through experiencing it. Right. And sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, so you have like kids who do parrot, they repeat something because they've heard it. But you, you can clearly see a difference between that happening and then those words becoming part of the normal conversation in different ways and repatternizing that. Yeah. Versus just repeating a phrase to repeat a phrase. Right. Now, I've seen kids who a therapist or, or someone else will say, hand me two blocks. And the child will not hand them the blocks and will not make eye contact or engage in any way, but will repeat in exactly the same tone and inflection. Hand me two blocks. Over and over again, because they heard it, and they're trying to communicate. But to them, it has no meaning. Yeah, What they're saying has no meaning. Um, and yet, at the same time, if you can gain their attention, and you can gain their focus and concentration, they know what you're saying. Um, and so... Language development and language acquisition is this beautiful thing in the mind, in the brain. And I think of it like a flowering tree. Things grow because a seed was planted because there was that space for it. And something was put in there. That's, that's the language that we hear as infants, as, as young as prenatally. And it continues, and it germinates, and it grows. And then the, there's the trunk of the tree, which is this generalized understanding of, I understand that this is how I communicate. With my voice, with words, I just can't do it yet. And then you gain branches where children are assigning meaning to words they're understanding that different words have different meanings and when they hear someone speaking to them all of these different neurons in their brains light up and connect and create pathways and it is just like tree branches growing and they're um they connect with these branches called dendrites and they're like finger-like things they're these long nerves that stretch out and if they're unused, then they get pruned the same way that you would prune a tree or a, br or a bush. Um, and then I think that the production of language is similar to a tree flowering 
you know, where suddenly all of it comes together and all of it clicks. And now the tree is producing something beautiful. It was wonderful in its own right before that. But to be able to create something and to produce something, that's an amazing thing in in itself, all on its own. Now, you mentioned um, Noam Chomsky. Chomsky? Chomsky. Noam, Noam Chomsky? Yes. Is that one word? Noam is his first name. Noam. And then Chomsky. Chomsky, because you're, you're saying it fast, like Noam Chomsky. Um, I wasn't sure sorry. if it was first and last name or just last name. <laughs> His first and last um, name. But besides him, Noam Chomsky, mm-hmm. do you have any resources that if anyone's like, oh, I want to know more about that, like what what could they do to like look that up or yeah. a good, good website? Um, well, I'm going to do a shameless plug right now and tell you that our website, uh, our, our Jumpstart website always has great resources for language development and things like that. If you're interested in hearing about language development for kids. Yeah. What is that website? Parentasexpert.com. Parent as expert. Yeah, and I'll link it. I'll we'll link it below for you. Okay. Now that is a shameless plug because if you're interested in learning more about this stuff anyway, soon and very soon, Joy will be leading a podcast yeah. dedicated to the Jumpstart program. Mm-hmm. Um coming out of uh her research in um, study and clientele kind of conversations and the things that she's been learning to be able to talk and help parents, um, to help educators, to help anyone who's interested in learning more. So yes. this is kind of like pilot episode. For, it could be. Yeah. For, uh, what, what that is going to look like. So, yeah. um, well, that makes me want to go back and say more things. Yeah. Well, you can <laughs> on your show. So, um, but it will be a great resource for any parent, any yep. and every parent. Yep. I'll be talking to a lot of different people with a lot of different fields of study and expertise, and I'm very excited. Yeah, and so, but since since that ties into creativity in the sense that we draw on the things that we've learned and we've gathered and, you know, we acquire and we discover and we develop and we produce, mm-hmm. all of it, all of it is part of the, the giant circle of life that is creativity that's all i can think of when you say that (laughs) i always want to like make up words like oh no i slipped on a banana (laughs) and like yeah anyway so the but the idea that we have we have so much um available to us as creatives through what we've gathered over the years, even as children. And then as children who uh, maybe have struggled with that um, identity of their voice, uh, both physically, Mm -hmm. their actual voice, but then the discovery of being able to communicate differently, one of being through creativity, whether that be music or painting or uh, pointing to pictures or discovery in different ways, whatever that might be, there is the opportunity then to break through the barriers that society sometimes puts on us because we have to fit into this mold Mm -hmm. because they know there is a creative outlet and a creative way to express and to be and to live and that is okay yeah you said something that made me think of something else when you said we point at things yeah did you know that pointing at pictures is part 
of language development? I assumed, which is why I said it. When, okay. <laughs> yeah, so like if you're reading a book with your baby and they point at a picture, even if you didn't say anything about the picture, they point at the picture, they're communicating with you, and they're beginning something in the language center of their brain. Like, even if it's the association of, like, a picture to a word or whatever mm -hmm. else. Even if, but even if it's not. Yeah. Let's say you're looking at a picture book together and your kid points at that picture. They want to know something about that picture or they're trying to show you something about that picture. Mm. And they're seeking that stimulus out. They're seeking out more yeah. language. And that's the language center of their brain lighting up and saying, okay, this means something. There's yeah. something here, and I should be able to communicate about this. In the same way, even as an adult, when I see a painting or a picture that I'm fascinated with, and I have yet no words to describe it, and mm. I'm like, "This, like, I'm I'm drawn to this. I love this. There's something wonderful about this." And yet I can't tell you why I love it mm. so much. Like mm -hmm. that type of, yeah. It's like that childhood, like some of those pruned branches in my brain going. Wait, what? We were here before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just because something is pruned doesn't necessarily mean that it goes away forever. Sure. So some people have the idea that if um, a child is exposed to a particular language as an infant, but then they never hear it again until they're an adult, they think that that child will be able to speak that language perfectly, which is not true. Um, but also the converse is not completely true either. We as adults can hear and produce any sound and and speak any language as fluently and as well as we want to if we work hard at it, if we practice it, if we try it. Um, but just because we weren't exposed to those sounds doesn't mean we can't produce them. So maybe we were exposed to them early in infancy and they were pruned off because we didn't use them anymore or hear them anymore but they can come back yeah the more exposed you are to them that is pretty cool yeah so if you want more information about what joy is going to be doing what she's currently doing through jumpstart and parents as experts.com uh you can parent. check parent oh sorry parent as expert dot com. as expert.com uh, you can check that out. That'll be linked below, and uh, uh, you can be on the lookout for when she launches that podcast here in the next couple weeks, I'm sure, mm. um, regarding the information about what you can do if you're a parent um, or you're fascinated by the research and the study of, of all that stuff. You can mm -hmm. dive into that as well. Uh, but now it's time for what we're going to do today. Today's been a freaking heck of a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the first 10 minutes of this podcast happened 14 hours ago. <laughs> That's how crazy of a day it's been. And the beauty, of, know. the beauty of editing. You don't even know what we've done in the last 14 hours. Nope. But we're uh, going to tell, tell you. <laughs> what we did today. Jeesh. All right. So uh, for fun, today... Uh, just for fun and on our creative, he's for fun. On our creative outlet, 
Um, I think we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, Joy yeah, finally yeah. downloaded the Pokemon Go app <laughs> and is nerding out with me on Pokemon, uh, something so I grew cute. up with. Most of them are so cute. There's been a few where you're like, what is this thing? Yeah, some of them are creepy. Like that. Yeah, it was a haunter <laughs> creeping through the doorway for a child. Probably going to the restroom. Yeah. Um. Uh. Cause the bathroom's right next door. Do you like my door sound effect? No, I didn't hear it. What was it? Rude. What was it? Do it again. No, I can't. No, because I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you you door farted. No. Uh, no. All right. So. So it's been 14 hours, and Nick needs to go to sleep. I'm so tired. Joy is uh, has downloaded that app, but today was. Uh, what month is this? September? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was September Community Day. And so in Wake po- me up when September ends, po- would you? Oh, yeah, Green Day. <laughs> so Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon Go uh, app, every month, once a month, they have a Community Day, and there's a specific Pokemon you can get. They spawn more frequently, and there's an opportunity for Shinies. If you know, you know. If you don't... Look it up, uh, it's oh because I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the energy to talk about it. But the mm. um, since Joy downloaded, I was like, hey, we should go do this. You know, community day, and essentially mm-hmm. in the game, it just forces people, quote unquote, forces people to go outside <laughs> a little bit more, walk around, and because it's an uh, it's an augmented reality game, the idea is that you go to real locations and places and do things, and you're gonna see a bunch of people who are also playing the game. Yes. And so we were up in um, in a town of just a little bit north of where we're at and uh, hanging out by the river. They have a little river walk and stuff and a bunch of Pokestops and things like that in the game. And so we were catching Pokemon and Shinies and having yeah. fun and the kids were playing and stuff like that. And it was great. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we even had a couple of big gym raids and uh, bosses that we got to fight. It was cool. It was a good time. <laughs> so that was just like a little... Uh, little like uh creative endeavor on the outside that we got to do together as a family and nerd out over some of that pop culture stuff that I like that now Joy is finally getting into. Yeah. No, I I am getting into it. I do yeah. think it's fun. And uh as far as what we're going to do when it comes to actual creative endeavors, what we're going to do mm. Joy is getting ready to dye her hair like what? Hot pink or something. That's not true. And no, it's not. But you uh you are starting to think about some new hair stuff. I am. I'm actually growing my hair out. This time. This time. This time. I can't color it until it's longer though, because Joy's it will, got this it will kill my hair. Joy's got this crazy like collection of images of hair colors I do. and designs and styles. You can pick your favorite, yep. and I don't care yeah. what it is. And uh, it'll be... Because <laughs> <laughs> it, cra- I have my own favorite. It's usually crazy. And so with that, though, like that that's what she's got going on. And then I have coming up next Saturday, mm-hmm. September 21st, mm-hmm. uh, the Beverly Art Walk in the Beverly Park area outside of Chicago. And I will be there with Two Mile Coffee Bar, uh, which... Um, Greta and Patrick Dertinger were on the show a couple weeks ago, but Greta, uh, our sister-in-law, and her brother Nate and his wife Sonia, Mm -hmm. they own the coffee shop. The four of them, they own the coffee shop, and they are doing a pop-up coffee um, shop there during the art walk on... (laughs) 
just in the area. I can't remember the street, but it is going to be awesome. Like Nate is building uh, with a, a friend of his. Uh, they're building like this actual. It's, it's going to be an actual pop up shop, guys. Like it's not just like a tent with like you know some coffee stuff. This is like an actual, uh, like coffee bar, like on the go kind of thing. And it's going to be. It's going to look really cool. He's shown me some stuff that he's he's working on. He's finishing up this week, and it's going to be stellar. And one of the um, sections of the shop that he's building is specifically uh, a section for me for my art stuff as I'm going to be displaying my art with them as part of the coffee shop and there's a limited edition uh, 12 inch by 18 inch poster uh, that has two mile kind of pumpkin design as we head into fall mm -hmm. and the Beverly Art Walk stuff uh, on there that you can get free with the purchase of a drink from the two mile coffee bar pop-up shop during the art walk um limited to 25 guests so the first 25 guests who order a drink and want the poster will get the poster those are going to be signed and numbered by me and i'll be there with all my art with stuff available and i think you guys will dig it it'll be a good time it's gonna be really fun i'm super excited to be there and to see what the beverly art walk is like i will admit that i'm a little jealous that i won't be able to see what it's I like because i'll be at my table but it's gonna be fun for, you, do you regardless. know do you know what else i'm gonna do what i'm gonna walk straight to two, that's my first stop obviously two mile and nick and i'm going to sample i'm going to get one of the new coffees one of the new drinks what is that face so i just had an idea and then I'm going to walk for a little while and I'm going to loop back around and, and I'm going to get another one. And then I'm going to loop back around after a little while and I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get three I, whole I'm, I'm going to text Greta tonight because I have this idea. She should make for, um, for, the, for the event like a flight setup. <gasps> Just like you would get a flight of like, you know, oh, beers or whatever. Idea. I would you buy You could that. get a flight of the fall specialties. You could try all three of them, like mm -hmm. a, a mini version of them, which Where would be really like, cool. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would buy that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sweet. And that's an idea. Just an idea, but maybe... We don't know if they're doing that. Don't know if they're doing that. We, but I'm going to text her. I'm going to suggest it. It's just something that Nick literally just, just now thought of. Which would so be cool. Just calm down, but if you come, If you come on out, uh, the fall specialty drinks at Two Mile, they just launched uh, this past Saturday, the 14th. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm working there part-time as well. So yep. the uh, fall specialty drinks, we just started selling those on the 14th. Um, so they'll be available on Saturday the 21st. There is the hashtag squash goals, which is essentially a um, kind of a sweet new setup on a standard pumpkin spice latte with some really cool stuff, and it's pretty good. Then there is the um, hot buttered yum. That's what I'm about. I'm so excited for that one. And Greta custom made her own uh, like uh, batter for this. And so it like includes nutmeg and mm. all sorts of stuff, but it's gluten free and it's dairy free and that gets mm. all mixed up into everything that they're doing and it is amazing. And then so my favorite, my personal favorite, is the South Cider. And the South Cider is a spiced apple cider with chai tea. Mm -hmm. And it is Oop. fantastic. Personally, I like it iced, but you can also get it hot and it is so good. So check those out. Be at the show. Check out all the art. It covers like the whole area. You can hop on trolleys and go to different parts of the there's town. Trolleys. Yep. There's going to be art oh, inside. Man. There's going to be art inside different venues, breweries, uh, coffee shops, uh, stores, and all sorts of stuff. There'll be artists Hold on the on. streets. There'll be artists inside places. You can, yeah, take these little trams and stuff there's to different a places. 
I have to ask, do you know if the trolley is going to be free or do we have to buy tickets? I don't think they normally run a trolley, so I imagine it's free like to just hop and shop. I don't I hope the I don't trolley, live there, I hope, so I don't know. I hope it's red and I'll tell you why. So you could sing Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Because Elo loves Daniel Tiger. Yeah. And if he sees a red trolley and I tell him it's a trolley, he's going to lose his mind. I'm look, I'm freely going to admit I could be 100% wrong about how that's going to work, but it's I don't know. Could be red. Could be I a hope, trolley. I could I'll be just, totally wrong. Anything, could be just I'm a CTA bus. I'm I have gonna no tell idea. Him it's a trolley no matter what. Won't you ride along with me? It could be just a standard Chicago Transit Authority bus. I have it no idea. CTA but the the point is that there are some different things you can do all around, and it's all free um, unless you decide to buy something, of course. You know, you mm-hmm. can buy things, but you don't need to pay to get in. There's going to be live music. There's going to be, uh, like, a bunch of kids stuff, I think, face painting and puppet shows and other things you can see throughout there. And, of course, you'll have food shops, taco stands, and pizza shops, and the mm-hmm. coffee bars, and all sorts of stuff, and then the art. And if you love yes. art and, and you love... If you love art, you love supporting local artists, and you love me specifically. I do. Come on out and support me, local artists, <laughs> <laughs> and hang out with me and pick up the sweet, awesome stuff we're gonna have there. It'll be a good time. And um, yeah, that yeah. it's gonna be fun from it's noon, great. noon to six p.m. next Saturday, September twenty-first. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Very excited. I've also heard that there is. A really great place to eat. Like, let's say you stay and you've done the art walk and you've done the whole thing and you're like, but now I'm hungry. Dinner time. I've heard that there were some really great restaurants in Beverly. I've heard that too. What is that one that's like a fire something something? Shoot. I don't know, but there's open Mr. out. Mr. Smothers out, works there. There's open outcry brewery. Which I hear is amazing. He also works there. Does he? Yep. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And they've got good food and good brews. That's got to be what I'm thinking of. I was thinking of a pizza place. Like a... Nope. No idea. So, real quick. Yeah. If you were at the Art Walk, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing an art drop during the event. Which means, other than having stuff for sale, I'm going to have a small original drawing that will be dropped somewhere at the event in a hidden spot, like what? T- taped to the back of a like park bench or. Why am I just hearing about this now? Taped to like a post or something like that that you will have to find if oh you're God. interested in getting a free piece of art. And so you can follow my social media page at Nick Dirtinger Art and mm-hmm. the at Stoke the Wild page where we will post pictures of the location once that's been determined. So that way you can try and find it. And if you find it, tag us in it. Let us know you found it. So that way everyone can celebrate and it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's the show. So follow us at Stoke the Wild, at Nick Dirtinger Art, at JM Dirtinger. You can also email us if you have any questions. StokeTheWild at gmail.com. Hit up our store, StokeTheWild.com slash store, and we will see you guys this week at the Beverly Art Walk and on the podcast. Peace out. Bye.